Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, April 20th. The Supreme Court kicked the can down the road, but its own deadline now is Friday for weighing in on whether or not to allow abortion medication to be used in this country. This is while various legal cases play themselves out. We were all waiting for the Supreme Court yesterday to meet this deadline it had imposed on itself to determine whether or not a stay that's in place, keeping that Texas judge's ruling about medication abortion on hold until all the appeals and the legal processes play out, or whether or not that Texas judge's ruling can go into effect. And so everyone was waiting yesterday, and we learned that the Supreme Court needed more time. Now, the order kicking the can down the road was written by Justice Alito solely because he is the justice that has oversight and jurisdiction over the Fifth Circuit. And that's where the appeals process of the Texas judge's ruling is playing out. Now, remember, mifepristone is currently one of the drugs used in medication abortion. In the more than two decades that it has been on the market, It's been used by millions of women across the country. So what's at stake here is whether or not people will be able to access mifepristone, even in states where abortion is widely permitted. This is all playing out while a lawsuit brought by anti-abortion activists moves forward. So Alito's extension means the drug can stay on the shelves and be sent through the mail at least until Friday. The court has until then to settle questions raised by lower court rulings on the FDA's authority to regulate the drug. No court watcher seems to expect another delay. We will get some ruling out of the Supreme Court by tomorrow evening. But remember, this is not the court adjudicating the merits of the case. This is right now just the issue of whether or not the lower court's ruling should go into effect while the appeals processes play out. Also on Wednesday, a drug maker that makes the generic version of mifepristone is suing the FDA to keep its version on the market. The company, GenBioPro, says that the FDA has violated the Constitution's due process clause, among other laws, in how it's responded to the court orders. GenBioPro is seeking a court order that would require the FDA to go through certain procedural steps laid out under federal law before declaring its mifepristone product unapproved. This new lawsuit was filed in federal court in Maryland yesterday, making it now the third legal battlefront over access to abortion pills. That's on top of the Texas ruling, which would undo the 2019 approval of the generic version of the drug. Second, there's that case that was filed in Washington state in which a federal judge ordered the FDA to not take any steps that would reduce mifepristone in the 18 jurisdictions behind the lawsuit. Now, one major consideration, allowing the Texas decision to stand could put vaccines, medication and other products regulated by the FDA in limbo. The Texas ruling was unprecedented. The first time a court bypassed the federal system that determines what drugs should be allowed on the market. 
The White House, of course, faces questions with every twist and turn in this legal battle. Take a listen to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on CNN earlier this morning in response to questions on where the White House stands currently as this legal battle plays out. We are prepared for whatever decision that the Supreme Court makes. Uh, We are prepared for a long legal fight if that is indeed necessary. Now, I understand. I understand people are frustrated. What we're seeing, what they're trying to do is set aside FDA, uh, FDA approval, FDA evidence, uh, evidence approval and and, and science based. If we were to if we were to listen to them and and that would be set aside and also set aside a court decision, that is also unprecedented. Right. And some on Capitol Hill appear to see abortion rights now in the domain of Congress to sort out. Ahead of Alito's ruling, Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who supports abortion rights, wouldn't rule out congressional intervention when she was talking to my colleague Manu Raju on Tuesday. We're going to see what the court does tomorrow. As we've said, the court punted. So now Murkowski and others up on Capitol Hill will wait to see what the court does on Friday. Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, was noncommittal today when my colleague Melanie Zanona asked him about the prospect of anti-abortion legislation in the House of Representatives. You know, it works through a committee. The Supreme Court has made that decision. It goes to the states. The states will take up that issue. And if you look to the field of declared and potential 2024 Republican presidential candidates, what you see is a pretty robust debate inside the Republican Party taking shape. This is not a group of candidates all aligned exactly in the same place. And remember, for 50 years until the Supreme Court overturned Roe in the Dobbs decision last year, It was very simple for Republicans to remain all on the same page, singing from the same song sheet, overturn Roe v. Wade, overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, now Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And this issue, if you read the opinion from the Supreme Court, is to be returned to the states. But what that has done, as the Republican Party has achieved this goal of half a century, is it's actually now split the Republican Party into many different factions of what to do from here. So you see someone like Mike Pence, who was recently on CNN with my colleague Wolf Blitzer, basically on the far right of this issue, simply saying he just doesn't want to see any abortion in this country. You have Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor who is likely to become a presidential candidate just last week, signing into law a six-week ban on abortion in Florida. That could prove quite problematic in a general election context, since a six-week ban, according to most of the polling out there, is not at all popular. It's quite unpopular with the American public. You have other candidates like Tim Scott or Nikki Haley, both of South Carolina, who refuse to weigh in on Lindsey Graham's proposal in the Senate for a 15-week federal national ban on abortion. And in fact, Donald Trump's camp put out a statement today to The Washington Post where it said that Trump sees this as an issue that should be dealt with at the states and not at the national level. And we see anti-abortion activists within the Republican Party ecosystem, like the Susan B. Anthony list, coming out and saying they will oppose any Republican candidate who does not support some form of a national ban. 
Listen to Congresswoman Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina, concerned about her party's positioning on this issue. She spoke to my colleague Manu Raju on Capitol Hill today and was responding specifically to what DeSantis has done by sharing her own personal experience. We haven't learned anything if we're going to sign a six-week ban mandating rape victims reported to police to get an exception and do it in the dead of night. That is not where the American people are. Doing that in the dead of night, and as a rape victim, I want Ron DeSantis to know what rape victims have to go through. And that's at the end of the day, you have to listen to your constituents, and they are talking about this issue. I get mail and calls and phone calls and social media all the time, every day about it. It's the number two most important issue to people in our district. It's a purple district, and it is a bellwether for the rest of the country. It's one of the reasons why we we will not win the popular vote in 24 if we continue down this path of extremism. Now, Nancy Mace clearly doesn't speak for most of the Republican Party, most of her Republican colleagues in Congress, but she does come from a battleground district. And so her voice carries weight for strategists in the party thinking about come next November in a general election context where the party wants to be positioned on this issue. Remember, nearly two-thirds of Americans oppose what the court did last year when it overturned Roe. Only about a third of Americans, according to most surveys, support the Dobbs decision. That is what is creating a political headache for Republicans, something we saw throughout 2022 in that Kansas special election. And of course, in the November midterms and as recently as this year, just a few weeks ago in that Wisconsin state Supreme Court race. This issue is not going away. And where it used to unify Republicans, it's now actually becoming a course of political pitfalls to be avoided for Republicans. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.